Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode number 36 of Work Life 360. Today, we're going to be talking all about giving people the courage to change what they don't think is possible. But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, thank you to continue to join us every single week as Rhonda and I deliver you guys with great content, tips, tricks, and techniques every single Wednesday. But first, again, today is all about giving people the courage to change what they don't think is possible. And guys and girls, we have a very special guest with us today, MJ Calloway. She's an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and most important, an advocate to all survivors of Rhonda, MJ, how are we doing? Fabulous here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Same here in a chilly Arizona. Um, we had a couple minutes before we went live to talk about the weather, and it sounds like MJ, it's really beautiful in your parts. It is. It is sunny and it is 70. And if anybody knows anything about Pittsburgh, we have a lot of gray days. So any day it's a sunny day is a good day. I hear that. And, you know, Ron, I kind of joke, but, you know, our leaves do change color here. Um, (laughs) And so they're finally starting to do that. I know we had a guest a few weeks back from Canada and they were already in full bloom. But now we're actually starting to see that that beautiful fall leaves changing and and the the crisp air in the mornings. Um, I'm an early bird. So when I wake up and, and get to the gym, it's it's finally hitting you where you walk outside and it's that nice, crisp, cool air. Um, and MJ, I'm sure you've, you're experiencing very similar weather up there in, in Pittsburgh. Yes, definitely. So thank goodness we are out of the hot and humid. MJ, kind of kind of brag on yourself. Kind of tell us a little bit about you know who you are and, and where you got to be, where you're at today. And, and definitely speak about being an advocate of all all things survivor and and kind of what you do oh thank you for asking and where to dive in how about if i start with the some of the challenges that i have had so as we go into you know talking in the discussion people can understand i really do practice what i suggest or what i talk about 10 years ago almost 11 years ago this is the first really big challenge that had happened in my life i had walked away from a long-term relationship a long-term marriage because my former spouse lost control of his alcohol addiction and one night tried to run me over with his pretty big pickup truck So I left and I will tell you a lot of emotions with it. And I knew we were getting to the point where the addiction was out of control. Um, I waited and waited. And at this point, when you get to that point, you can't wait anymore for a change to happen. So I left with a few personal belongings. And when I say a few, I mean a few. (laughs) I didn't even have a bed. I spent a month sleeping on the sofa at a girlfriend's house. I had $500. My daughter was already out of the house. She was working and my son was still in college. 
I knew that the position I had at the time, I was not going to be able to get my son through college, support myself. So I really needed to make some changes personally and professionally. And I had taken a position. Now imagine this, you have 500 bucks and you take a position and a commission based position. And I think about this Bruce and Rhonda and I think, what was I thinking? And it was in an industry I didn't know a darn thing about. It was in, it was for a site builder on your own site. It was a custom builder. And I had three interviews, and in the third interview, they asked if I knew what a header and a footer was. And I answered yes, because I have a writing background. So I was thinking header and footer in a Word document. (laughs) And imagine the first day on the job, it was not what I thought it was. Hmm. But I had a goal, and the goal was to get my son through college. And I did have, fortunately, I was blessed with with the sales skills that enabled me to do really well in that position. I ended up being one of the only female sales professionals that hit the top five. I was selling three times my annual sales quota. So I was able to get my son through college. Um, What happened next was unexpected. So I was I was going to a weekly support group for women who, and it was open to really anybody in a family. This particular group was all women, and they were we were there to support each other. And it was for women who had either been married to or were still married to spouses who had an addiction. Mm. And one night there was one woman who came in, and you could see that she was physically abused. There was no doubt about it. And it was so emotional for everybody. And she cried. She could not leave because she could not support herself or her kids. And to this day, that still haunts me. Like when I share this, and I don't share it that often, I still get chills. It haunted me for many reasons. One, because she was in that position. Two, I was so blessed that I I had a skill that would support me and get my son through college. So a few weeks later, what I did was I offered anybody who wanted a workshop, if they wanted to come and learn the, the basics of, of sales skills so that they could maybe get out of whatever job they were in, maybe take something better, but it would give them some confidence and maybe a new perspective and something to possibly look forward to. That was such a success, that workshop, and it gave me an idea to start my own company because I thought when I can help someone learn how to sell, they will always be able to provide a livelihood. So that is where I ended up with my own company. A lot of times we go through something negative, but something great comes out of it. You know, like, or we have a storm, there's always a rainbow after, usually there's a rainbow. So that was what led me into my own company. So then in 2016, so I'm now three years into my company, I had earned professional um, professional status of the National Speakers Association, which is an earned designation. And my company, I am at like one of my all time best places. I am busy. I had signed on a billion dollar company to work with their executive team. 
I was really rocking and rolling. And then I get a prognosis. I was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, and the prognosis was 20% chance of surviving over five years if chemo didn't work. And chemo had a 50 to 60% chance of working. 15 months would be 15 months of chemo. There would be a surgery in there and 30 sessions of radiation. So you can imagine, just imagine having that. The PA told me that they didn't give the cocktail that they gave me to many people because they would not survive it. Mm. I can say I lost my mother-in-law two years ago to breast cancer and she had it and fought it and did the chemo and radiation and then was cured five years and then it came back and it took her within two months when it came back. Honestly, she didn't have it within her to go through that process again of the chemo and the radiation. Well, how did you mentally and emotionally and physically prepare yourself just because there's probably some people listening maybe that have been in this situation or maybe there's a family member in this situation and say you're a spouse or a loved one and you have no control obviously of any decisions somebody's gonna make who's given that diagnosis. They have to make that decision in terms of their treatment plan for themselves. How did you manage all the emotions, not only for yourself, but for your family to go through this, not once, but twice? So the first thing that I decided was any day that I had left, on this earth, whatever, I have a very strong faith, whatever was going to be my you know, destination here, I was going to make the best of it. I was going to make every single day that I was on this earth the best I possibly could. And there were definitely days where I couldn't get off the sofa because the intensity of the treatment plan. However, I refused to moan or be bitter about it because I thought it would not do me any good, my mindset any good, or my family. The second part of that was when I shared with my young adult children and my daughter-in-law, because my son at this point was married too, I could see, so imagine an athlete who just lost the Super Bowl. You know what their body language looks like. I mean, they are just so defeated. Mm. After I shared the treatment plan, you know, the journey for the next 15 months with my young adult children, I could see their body language was that they were completely defeated. And I thought, I cannot have our family feel like this for the next 15 months. Mm. Like one, it would not, it would break my heart. Two, I didn't want anyone to look at me with sympathy. Empathy, fine, not sympathy. Mm. So I had to protect them and myself at the same time. So I came up with what I call flip it. It's an exercise that I share whenever people really need to flip their mindset when they need a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I turned every, I looked at every word that could have a negative connotation that was related to cancer and I flipped it. So the chemo became magic wand because I truly believed that it was going to shrink the tumor. Radiation became buzz because buzz light year is so much fun. You know, when we think about buzz, 
I listen to the two of you. You're chuckling and puts a smile on your face. Yeah. I be that I was hooked up to for seven hours because I was there first thing in the morning and I was one of the last to go at the end of the day. Became my boyfriend, you know, single. And I thought, okay, if I am attached to anybody for seven hours, this person who was going with me for bio breaks better be my boyfriend. <laughs> that mindset, you were very cognizant of how this was emotionally going to potentially impact your children. So you took it in a way and just flipped it as you call it so that it helped them deal with some of the fear and the anxiety when we're in the same space together we want to create that positive energy because we feed off that how did you come up with that plan the it, it is a exercise that I always do and the first time that I came across this exercise or thought of it I was coming home from a basketball game my son played college basketball for a d3 school and I was driving back, it was a four hour drive, crazy, four hours there, four hours back for a two hour game. And it was Jeez. in upper New York. I was coming through a whiteout, coming through Erie. And I'm thinking, please don't wreck, please don't wreck, please don't wreck. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, MJ, what are you doing? You're bringing, you know, you're bringing a negative into your world. So for almost the whole entire journey home, the drive home, I was singing safe and sound, safe and sound, safe and sound, the whole way home. And from there, I just started to flip everything. Like that was the first time I flipped it to that extent. And then I would hear friends say something negative and I'd go, oh, no, 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 go ahead and flip that. Friend who was, she was looking for a new guy in her life and she says oh man I just want a new guy I'm like no you 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 want a specific type of guy you know you you want a good guy who will treat you right so it was always flipping everything so whenever it came time for this journey this part of the journey I had already been doing that exercise so it was natural for me to go ahead and implement it kind of sounds like a, a way of practicing positive affirmations yep Yep, positive so, self-talk. Yes, and I have a little bit more that goes with this flip it. Now, whenever I teach anybody this is, so I have them take a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle of it. On the left side, whatever is stuck in their head, whatever negative thought is stuck in their head, they write it down on the left side. And then on the right side, they flip it. So they write it down, going back to that, write it down, make it happen. And then I have them say it three to five times to cement it in the brain. So that's their last thought is a positive one. And then they can practice it. Sometimes people say, oh my goodness, I need to do it a dozen times. That's okay if you need to do it a dozen times. Whatever makes it easier for you to remember however you flipped it. I'm thinking Bruce. I like that. Yeah, I was thinking you've spoken about different scenarios where you're down and I was thinking this kind of falls in line with that same type of philosophy of writing down your weaknesses or your strengths, you know, taking the negatives that your mind is telling you, the things that you're communicating to yourself and then finding the positive. I'm wondering, MJ, can you think of maybe give us an example of something negative 
that someone might be telling themselves in terms of head talk, these ruminating thoughts, how they could flip it. Absolutely. So one of my past clients, she was in her 50s and she was downsized out of a job twice and she was an HR executive. In her head, she kept saying, and to me, you know, I'm never going to get another job. You know, I'm too old to get a job. And we sat down and we did what I call supersize you. And it's going through your accomplishments and then what are the traits, the characteristics, the strengths, the talents that you have that helped you get to that accomplishment? So what we narrowed it down to was she had the tenacity of a pit bull to problem solve. And she was able to work with all ages from someone who was 16 just coming into a job, you know, part time as a student to someone who was an executive. So when she went for job interviews, that's what she focused on. Instead of, you know, I'm too old to get a job. I just lost two jobs. I was downsized. Focusing on her problem solving. You know, she had the tenacity to continue looking to find the solution to that problem. And she was able to work with all ages. So it helped her overcome it. And that was flipping it for her. Mm, I could see too how this would be really beneficial in our industry, transportation, supply chain, great brokers and very high stressful jobs. And Bruce has talked about hitting goals that folks have in this industry or whatever industry it is. And the importance of going in with a plan and visualizing success. How would you speak to folks who are in a position or dealing with a situation in their life where they're really not sure that they have the skill set that they need to be successful? What advice would you give to someone who needs to learn to be their own advocate and start making some positive changes in their life so that they can be successful in their work life, in their personal life, and deal with you know the obstacles as they come about? Sorry, that was long-winded. That's- That's okay. There's two parts to that. So the first part is for the person who feels that they might not have what they need to be successful. They do have something that they need to be successful. And it's digging down to finding out what it is. So I'll give you an example. So there is a colleague who doesn't have an education, doesn't have a college education, doesn't have that degree. And that has always held him back. However, he was all through school, he was a leader. He was like the football captain. He he was a leader in so many ways. And we walked through those traits, those resources. He was very resourceful. He also would he was an avid reader so that helped him to develop skills too that he didn't even realize he had but digging down for him he had the leadership skills and the other thing is because he was an athlete and athletes are doesn't matter what type of athlete you are you have that competitive streak you have also that streak in you to improve to be better you know to if you're a bench sitter you want to get off the bench you want to be in the game so that's a trait that's a characteristic that's a strength that that person could use whenever they're talking to someone for a promotion or, or they're looking for a new job or when they think that they don't have the success, go back and look at your accomplishments Mm. because there's a lot inside whatever you did in the past. 
confidence anchors. Things Absolutely. that you've done in the past that you can you can ground yourself in confidence of look at this accomplishment. You know, things were stacked against you before. You know, things were stacked against you in high school and, and middle school and in college, whenever, you know, you look at the accomplishments that you do have and use that as motivation to carry you forward. Absolutely. I call it supersize you. So mm -hmm. it, in fact, if anybody wants both the flip it and supersize you are on my website so they can download that from my website. So it's an exercise they can do on their own. Mm -hmm. If they have any questions, they can always email me too. So that's that one part of that. The other part is I call it the power team. You know, we all have heard Jim Rohn's statement, his popular quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, I say Jim Rohn left us hanging. He didn't tell us who we needed to have, you know, in that, <laughs> that inner circle. So, and this is another exercise. I do have the worksheet on my website too. And I have you build your power team, the five people that you do need to have that can help you either finish a project or, or create more success for yourself or get that promotion. So putting those five people in your life who will be there as an advocate, as a mentor, as someone that you can, either they can be a role model or maybe they're where you want to be, but putting intentionally putting the five right people within your inner circle. Yep. I like the, the analogy, eagles fly with eagles, right? And you don't want to be, you don't want to be the squirrel. You want to be the eagle or the, you don't want to be the, the finch. You want to be the eagle soaring across the top and, and spending time with those other eagles. There's different podcasts and, and speakers out there that'll, you know, tell you if you come from a rough background and from a, you know, rough childhood, whatever, you know, to actually disassociate yourself from some of the people that are closest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and that is tough. It, it is hard to disassociate yourself from, from loved ones. It is definitely needed at times. And I did it at the start of the cancer journey. I had a long-term friend, 20 some years. She tended to be negative. And when I shared, she was the only person that I shared with before I shared with my children that I had been diagnosed and I shared what the, their prognosis was. And she blew it off and her comment was, I'm, I'm having a crummy month. Mm. Yes. And I thought, okay, this is one person that I, I don't need in my life anymore. And no. that was the end of the friendship because at that point I needed to protect myself. I think too, we sometimes we've been brought up in this dynamic where if we're in a dysfunctional family, back in a day, you know, we're a little bit older, MJ, like you kept that stuff quiet, the domestic violence or any type of abuse, and you didn't share that. And I think we see now in our 40s and our 50s and even our 60s, the long-term consequences of not practicing self-care and sticking up for ourselves, being our own self-advocate, because that leads to a whole lifetime of maybe the, not the best decisions, whether it's the way we go about our day and manage our stress, whether or not we're sleeping, taking care of our mental health or physical health. I think we're now in a place 
in society where people are more apt to talk about issues like domestic violence and emotional abuse, whereas it was very hush-hush before. And I always wonder for those folks that haven't seen the sun shine yet and are still stagnant or stuck in these situations, what would you recommend to them? Where should they go for a helping hand to get the courage to take that first step that can lead to a more beautiful, healthy life? Because that can be really hard when that's all you're surrounded with. It definitely can be very hard when that's all you have within your circle there. The first, before I go into possible ways of doing that, the one thing that I'd say what the cancer journey taught me was I was not living a healthy lifestyle. I was working, you know, I'm working in my business and I was working in it long hours. My business model was not the right business model at the time because it was a lot more hours than I needed to put in. I was also running, you know, having fun, going out dancing, going to concerts, so forth. And I wasn't eating properly and I was not sleeping. I'm a night owl. (laughs) So that really did was something that I had to really look at. So I'd say the first step is to look at your lifestyle. Start with you and what you are doing. I started to get seven to eight hours of sleep. I started to do the supplements. I eat fairly a plant-based diet, not always, but more than more often than not. And I streamlined my business model so that I have time downtime because we all need that downtime to give our body a rest. So I would say, please don't make my mistake. Give yourself that self-care that you need, whatever it is. If it's sitting outside with a cup of coffee and a book for an hour, do it. Find a way to give yourself that self-care. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. (laughs) Really important, and I don't think that we allow that for ourselves. We feel guilty. We do, and I don't know what it is. But we do, and I don't know if it's just the way we're brought up or if it's Americans, whatever it is, but it took the cancer journey for me to realize I cannot continue living this way. Number one, I would not have been able to do it as I was going through the treatment, but number two, I probably wouldn't be here if I continued doing what I was doing. So the second part of that is figure out what question you want. Where do you want to be? What is your destination? When I was going through that journey, my thing, the whole thing was, okay, I want to be healthy. Is this going to protect my health? And that was the question I would ask before I would make a decision. Is this good for my health? Does this protect my health? Why be okay with this? Because as you know, your immune system tanks when you're going through a magic wand. So asking yourself, is this relationship good for me? Will this relationship get me to whatever destination I want to be? But the first step with that is figure out where do you want to be you know who do you want to be and off of that every single treatment every single medical appointment I went to dress in what I call my signature outfit and it was a pencil skirt button-down shirt because I needed that you know for the port in heels and it, I had jewelry that was my signature the very signature outfit the very first treatment one of the oncology nurses said to me 
MJ, you're going to be here seven hours. Just come comfortable. And I looked at her and I said, this is comfortable because I'm having a date with my future self. So anybody listening, who do you want your future self to be? And dress and prepare and think as if it is your future self. So here's a website that everybody can email to themselves. They can email themselves a, a letter, an email. So today, sit down and figure out where do you want to be? Who do you want? What do you want in your life? What do you want your life to look like? And then you go to a site called futureme.org futureme.org and you send an email to yourself you'll put a date on it can be six months out three months out a year out two years out i always do them at different intervals you know six months out a year two i've done them as four out as five and it's always fascinating to get that email because it comes unexpectedly and think oh my goodness i reached it or oh i'm not there yet so that can help them at least visualize where they want to be. So for how do they get help? I would suggest if they're having issues with confidence or speaking in public to look into Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a confidence booster. It's a wonderful organization. You can build a network of really good people that all are striving to be better. And it's very inexpensive. You think it's less than $100 to join for a year. And you pay it in two parts. You pay it six months at a time. But you will surround yourself with good people. People that are always trying to strive to be better. So that's one. The next is find a mentor. You know, look at whether it is within a religious organization or an association. Look into networking groups. Find a group with positive people that you can, I mean, there's a lot of networking groups. There's a lot of associations. There's a lot of organizations. Join an organization that has people in it that can help you get to where you want to be because we can model off of others we can learn from others we can learn from someone else's success could not agree more mm -hmm. i think too with october being domestic violence not to go down that rabbit hole too deeply but i do hear this often unfortunately still today of people in violent relationships and i think finding someone that will listen believe in you and then also remind you like sometimes we don't believe that we're worthy of living a better life because we've been so bombarded or pushed down or shoved into the ground just having that someone there to lend a hand to help you take that first step is really important and you mentioned support groups particularly again with domestic violence we know that people can bring about that inner power that maybe we're lacking in ourselves. So having someone who understands, who has been in a similar situation, really can be super powerful because it's a very emotional experience and it can be very scary for a person to come clean and share something that they maybe are ashamed of or embarrassed of, or maybe they feel that they're partly to blame. So to anybody in a situation of any type of violence, it's really important to know that you're worthy and you are not responsible and to reach out and, and seek some support. Agree. 
Agree. And I think you hit on the two things that happen is one, the person is beaten down so much that they don't feel they are worthy and they, and everybody is worthy. And two, it is, they are also told it's their fault. Well, if you wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have hit you. And that is not true. So I'll just briefly share. And I usually don't share this, but I came from a long situation of domestic violence. My daughter's father, alcoholic, abusive, almost killed me three times. And it took me working at Burger King. I was a high school dropout, <laughs> pregnant, left home at 17. And here I am in a really not a very healthy situation. I left some, Bruce knows my upbringing as a childhood was filled with a lot of abuse. And then I left and I found myself in the same situation. And I'm working at the drive-thru, I'm pregnant, and my daughter's biological father pulls through the drive-thru and he pulls me through the window of the drive-thru. <sighs> broke my nose, broke two ribs. I mean, and this was nothing compared to some of the other situations I was in with him, but it was Gary Brown. Oh. He was my manager. He was a clergyman which I did not know at that point. Cause again, I kept this in quiet. Nobody mm -hmm. knew this was going on. I didn't even tell my parents. I didn't tell my brother. I was so fearful of people finding out. And it was this wonderful pastor who sat me down in the booth. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. And he looked at me with his big brown eyes and like held my hand. And he's like, Rhonda, you are not worthy of that. You need to get yourself out of this situation. And he was the one who gave me that strength to take those first steps. And it took a little while before I fully left that situation. But he was the first person who said, it's not your fault. No one deserves to be treated like this. So I think for anyone listening, male or female, because we hear of this too with men that are in these similar situations. Sure um, do. When you get that sparkle, when you see it, go towards it. And that's reaching out to somebody. Let someone know what is happening. Because silence is definitely not the answer. Suffering. It is isn't. Look at your journey from overcoming your situation and being a mom and leaving that environment and then leaving a work lifestyle that wasn't actually helping you in the long run and then overcoming cancer. Like that's an abundance amount of overcoming with courage to live the life that I can hear in your voice when you're speaking. Like there's so much joy in your life. I can only imagine like everyone in your circle, how they feed off your energy. It, I had someone say, I was at a networking event. It was a big one. It was 170. It was actually more like a conference, 170 people. And I had a colleague said, oh my goodness, it's always a happy day when I see you because I just love your energy. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, thank you. So it does, it brings joy to me when I know that I can motivate or inspire or or just give someone else more energy in the day and a lot of it a lot of it you have such a positive perception um, it's a it's it's refreshing to hear for sure oh thank you Bruce I think it's every day I get up is a blessing yeah every day and then throughout the day. And it, I think that's the other, the, the thank you and the gratitude has always been a part of my life. You know, I'm thankful to be on this podcast with the two of you. 
I mean, I'm, when my puppy greets me at the door, I'm happy. So it's looking at whatever, and, and I know it isn't always easy. And I will share this one if we have time. Can I share one more thing? Sure. Oh, yeah. So when I was separated, so I was waiting for my former spouse to to sign documents. Um, he, he did not want to sign the divorce. So every day... I had a piece of paper taped to the mayor, and at the end of every day, I wrote down three things that I was thankful for. And it could have been watching, you know, a little kid eating ice cream, but I found something every single day to be grateful for. And then I switched it to what made me smile. And I would implement different questions, you know, from what am I grateful for? What am I blessed for? What made me smile? And I would switch it up so I would look at something different, look at it differently each time that I came up with a different question. And then before I knew it, even though I was going through all of this crazy stuff mm. on the side that could have made me bitter and it could have it could have had just all kind of crazy stuff. Instead, it was focused on the positive because of that sheet of paper and those questions. I like how you referred to the fact that you weren't bitter, how important that is in whatever areas of our life where we're going through something hard. We have to let that go because it's not going to help us move forward. It isn't. And if we flip it, here we go, flip it again. Instead <laughs> of focusing on what is happening right now, I like to ask myself a question. What can I do right now with what I have? Because then it moves me out of the problem and into solution by asking that question. And then I'm looking around with, okay, what do I have? You know, what can I work with? And then we're improvising. So that that can help wherever someone is in a situation. If they take a step back and then they start asking that question, what can I do right now with what I have? It will help lead them to a solution. It will put them in a better mind frame. They'll have positive thoughts happening rather than being stuck in that problem situation. Feels like as you're saying that, I'm visualizing that there's no space for bitterness when you're focused that way. Right. It's kind of that. Kind of reminds me. I was having a conversation with a bank manager, a branch manager today, um, and she was just kind of explaining some of her frustrations and um, you know where her team was and and not producing the way they'd need to be. And and her team was very much, and her included. She was doing the same thing over and over again and, and wanting to grow and wanting to you know hit their sales numbers and their their quotas and all that stuff and but they weren't willing to change i think being willing to change and not resisting change is is a very important step um to to growing taking that first step in in developing a, a new you so true so true mj what are, so if, if we kind of go back to the to the last thought the final thought you know not to bring back jerry springer but the final thought like what what are some closing <laughs> statements that you just want to make sure and reiterate and kind of kind of hit home I would say the one thing that probably is more vital, you know, there's, I gave a lot of suggestions, a lot of tips and examples. The one thing that I would say is the most vital is to protect your health. And when I say protect your health, not only your physical health, but your mental health, make that a priority. What do you need to do? And in order to improve, that's where you need to step back and evaluate what isn't protecting your health 
what are you doing that isn't good for you health wise you know look at your lifestyle are you living a healthy lifestyle and that also means exercise and if you don't like exercise find something that keeps you active when you can protect your health and also your mental health your mindset your perspective your point of view making sure that you don't allow someone else to put it in danger you will be able to accomplish so much more for yourself for your family and your position but it starts with protecting your health love it we both concur yeah as we always conclude you know our, our podcast we always like to, to include some sort of action item love the futureme.org um but go out write yourself a letter write yourself where you are now where you want to go where are your goals and then and then set it out for heck six months a year um three weeks whatever you choose but it'll be nice when it pops into your inbox and in whatever time range you set to kind of reflect on where you are today but writing to yourself in the future uh nj thank you for your time uh you're very inspiring love your energy and Rhonda, as always what a great episode this is this is a good one for sure thank you both i appreciate it i appreciate the opportunity and i appreciate the being able to share whatever i learned that can help someone else Do you have any place you would like us to refer folks to contact you? They could definitely click on my website, mjcalloway.com, and that is spelled like Callaway Golf, C-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, though I'm not related, wish I were, I'd have really nice clothes. <laughs> so they can check out my website and they can email me at mj at mjcalloway.com. But I have those worksheets I mentioned there so that can also help them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And we're going to check those out as well. And again, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate your sharing your story. And we really hope that our time together will help inspire someone else to have the courage to make those changes, protect their health and well-being so they can be successful and enjoy the rest of their journey here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And I very hope good. everybody has a bounce up day. Yay. Yes. Well, very good. This concludes another episode of Work like 360 thank you so much for joining us and we will see you guys again next wednesday be well everybody that wraps up this episode of work life 360 thanks for joining us make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content check out the show notes any links any articles that we've referenced in today's episode We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.